I, I do want to say that, uh, you know, if anyone hasn't heard any of the other episodes that uh, I'd, I'd listened to a lot of your podcasts and, uh, and I realized how good they were. And um, and I've turned down a lot of interviews about Britney um, and some documentaries, chance to be in documentaries, you know, and I've turned it down because I'm really not inter interested in all that sort of in the hyper gossipy, you know, element of, of what it is. You know, I'm, it's not really what I'm into. And I realized that all your stuff was coming from the same place that I am. It was interested in the in the creative process and the uh, the A and Ring and the writing, and and it just felt like a totally natural thing to say yes to your request. To do. And I, as I said, I don't usually. Do that. That was Britney Spears' Autumn Goodbye. Hi, my name is James Rodriguez, the host of The Original Doll. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it and the people who were there. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, find me on Instagram, the.original.doll. Now, today, we're going to be talking about Autumn Goodbye. Many of you have sent me messages over the years asking me to cover it. Well, what was great was I've been able to talk to the voice at the beginning of this episode, Steve Lunt. Now, Steve worked at Drive Records and was a part of the A&R that was behind from the signing, the developing, all the way through the first several albums. And Steve was kind enough to spend hours, numerous times, and we basically dissected and did almost a track-by-track track of Britney Spears' discography. So we have more of that coming in. And he answers the question as to, why the song wasn't added on the standard U.S. version of the Baby One More Time album. We're going to get some insight into that by the person who was there. Secondly, we have Maya Marie coming in, and we're talking about the importance of Autumn Goodbye and that sound for Britney Spears and how many people, that was the second song that they were able to hear of Britney Spears, because if you had the Baby One More Time single, chances are you listened to it. Are you a fan of it? Let me know if you are. I love the song Autumn Goodbye. Our last guest today is remixed by Nick. Now, he actually is one of the first people that I've seen online that created a remix for Autumn Goodbye. So we're going to be playing a snippet of that, uh, but we're going to get right to this. And once again, if you have any questions or want to ask me about other songs that we might be covering, you can go ahead and find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash the original doll. Thank you so much to all my Patreon patrons. You all rock. You've been able to do this. Don't forget, there are different and more bonus content available through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you're supporting this and keeping this up and running. But my name is James Rodriguez. This is the original doll. The original doll. Tanya from Portugal said, Autumn Goodbye is my favorite song ever. It was included on the baby single, but was never included on the standard version of the album. Uh -huh. She basically wanted to know why and when did the whole aesthetic change? Because on the singles, it showed the album cover was a completely different album cover than the release right. of Baby One More Time with Pink on it. Not Pink right. the Singer. Um, I, I, can't really address the, the, I can't really address the artwork because that wasn't really my thing and i don't know in um uh, in which 
versions went out and when, like with the with regards to the artwork, but with regards to the to the to the music, um, uh, we didn't feel that uh, that it was the right song to put on the album. You know, we we went with eleven songs and and that one. You know, we'd recorded a bunch with Eric Foster White, uh, and we'd also recorded some stuff in Sweden that didn't make the album. You know, uh, ultimately you have to make up your mind about which songs make the strongest album. But it doesn't mean to say those songs, we never let good songs go to waste. So they'd always get used either as, you know, because we always used to put the uh, bonus tracks on for, you know, the, the Far East, like Japan or the UK or, you know, South America. We always used to put something special on there to, to, to make it special for that region. Um, so good songs never went to waste, but we just had to make decisions on the album tracks in the end. Here's my interview with Remix by Nick talking about his remix of Autumn Goodbye. No, actually, you know what? I do remember what the inspiration was. Hmm. So the inspiration started because I was going through all those AI filtering services and I was messing around, messing around with different tracks. And Autumn Goodbye was one of them that worked really well. I'm like, wow, that's a clean vocal. Let me ask you this. So you've done Autumn Goodbye, which there's been no other versions of it that I've come across. No, I don't think I, I don't, I don't remember anything either. So what is it about, I mean, that song, because the thing is, it's not on like the standard edition of baby. What about that song made you go, oh, let's yeah. Yeah. This works. Do you know what I mean? Like even yeah. put in the efforts of that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those songs where it's, I remember it. It's the first song that came out with baby one more time on the single. Um, and, you know, kind of drift away, forget about it. And then it's one of those songs that comes on on a shuffle while I'm sitting at the computer working away. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a really good song. That That's cool. I'm like, oh, I'd like to do something with that at some point. And now with the AI technology, you know, you can split songs up and some of them work better than others. So I was kind of running tests and seeing what, what would work, what didn't. And Autumn Goodbye worked really, really well. So I, I got lucky and I was like, wow, it's a clean vocal. And it just kind of spun off from there. Well, and it's got to be weird for you as somebody who's now, you know, produced remixes from like every album. Do you like every? Pretty much. Yeah. Go back to the original. Like that was recorded in the early days of Britney's recording career, as we learned with, with Steve Lunt. And there are some people in the world who might not have ever heard that song if you didn't have the cassette single or, you know, or the baby single or anything. So what place does that song not being on the album hold in your heart for her entire discography? Do you look at the song as its original form fondly or is it just, oh, this is cool because not many people might know it. You know what I mean? It's kind of more like, it's nice that the general music audience probably doesn't know that song. They don't remember it. I think it's cool that it's a B-side because nobody really, nobody does B-sides anymore. I don't think, right? There's nobody who, who's doing that now. So to go back and be like, yeah, this was a beat, like, oh, it's a B-side. It's a great song. And, it, you know, like, why wasn't it just on the album? Like, what made it, who decided that it was a B-side? Mm -hmm. Somebody's got an answer for that somewhere. Yeah. But uh, I do. Of course you do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting to to be able to remix a song that was that was a B-side that, yeah. you know, it, it actually has on my Instagram, it has more, I think it has more views, the little preview reel that I did on Instagram 
than on the actual YouTube for the full remix. That is insane. Wait, so before I forget, how can people listen to the song fully and what are your socials? Everything is remixed by Nick. YouTube. Everything is remixed by Nick? No, maybe. If I get time one day, might happen. All my socials are remixed by Nick. So you can find me there. And you have it where you put up these songs and you're able to send it to people or they're able to download it and everything. How important is it for you then for people to, you know, listen to these? Do you know what I mean? Like you clearly make it so that people can enjoy it. How, what is the, the reaction then for you when you hear people? Because people came back right away and were like, this is really cool. Like they didn't expect it. So how does that feel when you finally release something that many people, I knew that was happening when it was happening. So this was like months before it came out. So people were like, oh my God, they messaged me to no remix by anything. I was like, oh, this is surprising to me. When in actuality, it wasn't. But how does that feel to have it released and then have a positive response to that? I mean, it, it it's fun. I mean, I obviously I make stuff to, for people to listen to, but kind of, I always start from how do I want to hear it? Like it's, it's my, it's my hobby. It's not a job. It's, you know, I'm a graphic designer. I do food photography. So it's, I live in the creative space already. So music is just kind of my, it's, it's for me. I only do it for what I like. I ask for opinions and, you know, I, I get opinions, you know, you get to hear some stuff. Sometimes friends around the world get to hear certain things and, you know, pick it apart. There's plenty of things that have not been released that are very, very bad and weird. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I, I put it out there with the the hope that somebody sees the same thing that that I see in it, not just, oh, wow, that's really nice. Or, you know, it's it's really cool when somebody comments on YouTube and they're like, oh, I picked up what you did with the vocal here or this effect and how you pulled this out. And it's nice to see that people appreciate those certain details. I'm like, ah, oh, they get it. They really get what I was going for. Well, and, and that's the cool thing, too, is that, like, it's a global platform. So people and what I've loved is even seeing the people that listen to your your music being able to see it at a global level where here we are you have people that in russia can listen to your music yeah you have people in moldova that can listen to your music and it's got to be a cool thing because i know for me when i hear oh these people are listeners from xyz i'm like well this is cool because in many of these countries english is not you know the national language or anything. right so you've been able to create music from 25 years ago that people still have a positive reaction to and I feel like that's harder nowadays because the longer a song goes without being remixed, the more pressure there is for this to go. So let me ask you this then. Looking back at Britney's early songs and everything, is there some is there a handful of songs you'd be like, you know what? If I have the the time or the 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 capabilities, what are some of those that the listeners can go, oh, that you're maybe are in the back of your mind, maybe nothing's even started, but what are some of those songs that you'd be like, you know what? If I could make it work, I would. Yeah, interestingly enough, your video on Soda Pop the other day kind of got got the wheels spinning a little bit there. It was kind of I I went back and I listened to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's something there's some interesting things happening with the vocals there. So that that's one that it's kind of in the in the back of my brain. Like if I ever had the chance, mm -hmm. see what we can do with that one. Well, and the cool thing is, and and listeners, if you listen to my most recent episode about Soda Pop with Steve Blunt. We learn that Soda Pop, when it was completed, that was the song that was sent to the Swedish producers to say, hey, this is kind of the vibe that we are thinking about going with with Britney. 
So had it not been soda pop, maybe the Swedes would have produced a completely different, you know, slate of songs for her. But I always think like justice for soda pop. Like the song is, that's one of those things. People either forgot about her or they love it. There's no, there's no like in between there. And I got feedback from people saying, James, I never knew that there was the extended one. I think in general, I think what's been great is you've been able to create your own productions and everything and honoring the original, but also keeping it still within you. Like there's the genuine Nick side of it. And I think what's been cool is that like, I haven't seen you lose your identity trying to chase a sound. And I feel like that has happened a lot with different producers of remixes where they try so hard to go, wait, that's the number one dance remix right now. Let's go for that sound. And yeah. does it just because it works for song A doesn't mean it's going to work for song B. So then let me ask you, what can we expect for 2023? Now, everyone, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Nick and I are going to be working on a bunch of stuff. And if you're a Janet fan, there's a bunch coming. So I'll just put that in there. But what else can we expect for you throughout the rest of 2023? That's a very good question. Since my life is very, very busy with real work, I'm working on a Britney remix that hopefully somebody important would hear and like and want to put on the internet in, a, in an official capacity. Um, so that won't be on the internet until I get an answer from somebody who has, has such abilities. I'm, I'm working, I'm trying to work on an interesting Michael project that I have. I started a long time ago and some things are out there already, but, um, I can make it complete. So if anybody can glean information from that, Ooh, that that's kind of an interesting little side project I'm working on. You are a fan of the production and everything from the Jacksons all the all the way around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and what's been great is you and I have talked before about the fact that the Jacksons themselves, the legacy, they have impacted music after. And so many of the artists that we love today, whether, you know, whether it's Britney or, you know, and the producers are like, yeah, Britney said she liked that Jam and Lewis thing. Or they said that, you know, this Quincy Jones kind of thing. What I've loved is that you've been able to honor Michael Jackson in a way that seems once again that genuine okay and there are times where it's like I'm like hey Nick isn't that your remix of this Michael thing but you know it says it's chili powder from Nashville Tennessee and you're like nope that's definitely not <laughs> they even use my picture kind of thing yeah but, yeah I know my artwork does get stolen quite a bit and it's the the price I pay for being a decent graphic designer I guess it's so crazy though we live in a time in which I think that when we release anything digitally I think people feel that since it's air that it should be free to all yeah and that's not the case they're they're negating they're they're forgetting about the time and effort it put into this i look at it and i go there are so many people that are talented and i also think that we should always strive to do better and what i've noticed with your music is you continually strive to like top yourself nothing about anyone else but that you're always trying to do better for yourself it's, it's interesting that that you bring that up though because i I, there was a point where, you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's, that is the sound people are doing right now. Like, oh, maybe I should try that out and see, like, see if I can do it. And I just don't have, I don't have the skill set or the patience. I'm sure they're related somehow to really, to like exactly copy something or go all in on, on a style. Because my, if I'm hearing something like I, it's hard for me to do something that's not naturally part of me. And there's, you know, there's like when I, I did remixes with Country Club Martini Crew a lot, 
like the, a lot of that. I mean, it, they're great remixes, and that's it's really we work really well together. And that's overall that's still mostly his his sound. I'm I'm able to support that and like work. I could work up an idea, but in terms of like all the the effects, the certain drums, and this there there's a lot that goes into it that doesn't come natural for me. For me, what's natural is like, you know, I'll throw together some drum samples or see how they sound matched up together. Or I really want like, no, I want that drum machine from 1985. You know, like I'm, I'm a little more specific that way. And it just, it kind of flows naturally. And being that I don't have a lot of time for music, especially right now, that it's like, I, I have to do what I know. And I just kind of keep, now that I do that, I compare myself to myself mm -hmm. doing what I do. So it's kind of like, what's the next version of Nick that still sounds like Nick? Mm -hmm. That's a long, long explanation there, but no, I think I made sense. I made sense, right? It 100% makes sense. And so let me ask you this. How can the listeners, you know, track down your other work, your previous work? How can they find you know, the wave files or MP3 files or anything for your other music to kind of go back. Cause I love new listeners and, and people revisiting your music. So how can people access your music now? The best way is still, is still YouTube. I'm working on getting older remixes up there. I'm a little behind on that. But, um, if you sign up for my email list at remixedbynick.com, remixedbynick.com, and, uh, you will get a download link and a welcome email that gives you access to a, a whole folder of remixes. So Nick, thank you so much for being here again today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So sad but true. So true, so we must leave it behind in our hearts, in our minds. Everyone, today we are joined by returning guest, Maya Marie. Maya, thank you so much for joining us here with your very special guest as well. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes, it's been a while, but there's been things going on. Lots of things. Yes, you are a new mama <laughs> now. I am. When we've talked early on is that how you've had such like a huge, you've been inspired by, you know, Britney Spears' music and that pop era, especially the late 90s, like all of us were. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Autumn Goodbye, because one of the first times you and I talked we both talked about how much we loved Autumn Goodbye. And some people are like, wait, what did, what did you hear that on? And I'm like, everyone, if you had like the single of Baby One More Time, you got that. So let's rewind back. What was your first experience with Autumn Goodbye? And how did it make you feel? What sort of thing was going on? Well, actually, my first experience to Autumn Goodbye was my first experience with Brittany. I was with my friend, Michelle, who I'm still friends with. And we were at her house. Um, I guess I was 10, either nine or 10. I'm going to age myself now, but, um, <laughs> and, uh, there was AOL kids. I don't know if you remember that at all, but, mm -hmm. um, it was like a format where it was just the kids stuff and you had like a window that would pop up and they were, it said Britney Spears and it was that picture of her like as a brunette and her like legs were kind of the side. And we were like, who's that? She's really pretty. And we clicked it and the song that they were promoting was autumn goodbye so it was the very very first song and michelle and i both just like fell in love with her and we actually uh my stepdad we made him go take us to tower records like i think probably the next day and go buy the baby one more time album um like right after that so that was my 
introduction to my love for Britney and um I I live and I immediately loved the song. It was so like I guess it was kind of different from what was going on and it just sounded so like her voice sounded so pretty and something about it I really clicked into. Well, and I was able to talk to Steve Lunt, Britney Spears' A&R guy, you know, was there for the developing and signing. And he talked about the fact that Autumn Goodbye was kind of a good song in its own, but it didn't fit the overall what would be with the baby album with all the Swedish producers and everything. That Yeah, I guess it didn't, yeah. He's like, but what we did was no good song went to waste, you know, kind of thing where he said, and you know this too, as, as a music collector, there were always B-sides to so many things out there. And so you, of course, needed good B-sides to go out there. So it just so happened it was this. One of the things that I think is interesting is, and I've gotten this a lot from people, is how, the fact that Autumn Goodbye, the vocals on there are completely different. There's a lot of female vocals on there. You know, there's her vocals, her oh. harmonizing so can we talk a little bit about that, like how different that sound is than like the Max Martin sound, where sometimes you do hear Max Martin on there? Yeah, I mean, this one definitely had a lot more, I mean, especially refreshing my memory and re-listening to it. Um, it had a lot more background focus than I even remember, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super, super stacked. I mean, Max stacked a lot as well, but I think he did, I don't want to say a better job because it's just different sounds, like just a different job of like maybe mixing the vocals. Um, but this one's like an obvious, there's a ton of different voices behind it and um, different elements as far as not even just harmonizing the lyrics, but also having like some ooze and stuff in there, I believe too. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, it was really cool. Definitely a different sound and listening to it now, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this would have been like a single or even would hold up today, which is so weird. Like if somebody would have released this today, I don't know if it even would have been released. Mm -hmm. But that's what was so cool about that time was there were those B-sides and there were those songs that maybe aren't single worthy, but are still really dope and really fun and cool to listen to I, I feel like now as an audience we probably don't get to hear a lot of those extra songs that artists have cut which sucks because that's what kind of makes you a fan of a person is listening to those special unreleased tracks or songs that would have could have been b-sides once upon a time now like is there even a b-side not mm -hmm. really no, and that was that was something that, you know, I talked about in previous episodes that before, whether you had a 45, a seven inch single where you had side one or A side and then B side, like that's where it came from or cassette singles, how they have that or Jive would put a little snippet of song A, B and C on there. But what I think has been really cool is I still go with the fact and you and I have talked about our, our joint love of Britney Spears is especially early on. I don't think that that song, some people are like, oh, that could have gone to Mandy Moore or that could have gone to Jessica Simpson. They always want to like compare her to others. And I always feel like most of Britney, especially like the first album, the whole time, that those songs are so in the DNA of Britney Spears that I couldn't imagine yeah. anybody else doing it's any of that. Yeah. I mean, maybe Autumn Goodbye, Jessica Simpson, now that I just tried it on in my mind, like, maybe but like definitely not the rest of that album mm -hmm. i couldn't anybody else do 
Well, and that's one of those things. It's like, I love going back because there's always those references. Like when you would talk to, let's say like Casey Livingston or John Asher, where it's like, you all could talk about, oh wait, this song is reminiscent or this song was what I got involved in, in pop music and things like that. And I think the fun thing is going back and being able to reshare and re-listen to these. And the other thing is, can you talk to the listeners about how important it is to be able to now listen to these songs headphones digital in higher quality like what difference does that make because you're an artist yourself what difference does that make from like the cassette tape that you were playing you know what i mean walkman to now we have those higher ends well i mean it's definitely you you hear more of the elements but i also don't know if it's just because i wasn't paying attention (laughs) to all the elements when i was younger either you know it could be that um but yeah i mean the quality is obviously completely uh a lot a lot better when you hear it on you know the new headphones and you hear it through the computer or your phone even is better than probably the cassette (laughs) at that time so we're coming upon you know that this coming summer slash fall is the 25th anniversary of the single of baby being released let me ask you now looking back at this 25 years of you know, Britney even being public persona, you know what I mean, from 98, just from this recording side, because we know she was it before. Looking back, what are some of those words that you would describe for Britney Spears, especially her impact in pop music for this first album, this whole era, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I think pretty, pretty bold looking back, thinking about how young she was, honestly. I think about that a lot. I'm like, that's super weird that she was like 15 16 when that was out um and she it's just it's just weird the whole thing um because I don't know if that happens as much today but and she just had something special I mean she still does but I just remember then it being such like a special feeling like listening to her tone and just her whole vibe like I remember I had the cd where it had that like um I forget what it was called. You put you put in your computer, and it was like this extra CD-ROM thing. They had it on, yeah, but they had but they had it on like this extra content that you plop it in, and then she was like, it, you could see like behind the scenes stuff. It was called something, but I I remember she was like behind the scenes, and she was talking about filming Baby One More Time and this and that, and there was just something so charismatic about her that I think is what all of us fell in love with. On top of the music which was obviously like great but I don't know there was something that stood out because there were so many other different like pop people that I didn't feel the same way about you know that were Mm -hmm. out and something about her um really was like magnetizing and then yeah looking back it is weird that she was that young (laughs) for sure and then I guess the whole thing it's weird it was like dancing this line between like bold and then also like super sweet and innocent which was probably the sweet spot they found with her and so i want to wrap this up and everyone have no fear we have more with my marie coming up very 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 soon uh as many of you know i've been going through almost track by track of britney's discography with steve lunt and others from jive producers songwriters and more so we have more coming up but maya for those who don't follow you that don't know how to follow you how can they follow you on your socials and everything 
Um, you can follow me at Maya Marie, M-Y-A-H-M-A-R-I-E. You can go to my website, mayamarie.com, reach out to me there. Um, you can, that's really the only two places, I guess. <laughs> there I don't you go. go on Twitter. Really anything <laughs> else. I love it. Well, Maya, thank you so much for joining us again on The Original Doll. And everyone, if you've missed out on my other conversations with Maya, talking about all sorts of work that she's done with everyone from Erica Jane. Yeah, and then just been doing K-pop stuff. So everyone follow her for more information and have no fear, we're going to be going through some more stuff. This is James Rodriguez, and this is The Original Doll. Thank you. The original.